All righty, everyone. We are back. Uh, we have been hiatus for some for about two months. Um, so I apologize to all our listeners. You know, are probably three that probably actually tune in uh, besides ourselves. But we are we are back. We've had a day uh, quite a quite a bit to to recap, discuss. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think right now that we can probably talk about is Novak getting number twenty three. Uh, you know, and his on pace to do the calendar slam, like it was, was it 21? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. So he's on on track to, to pace that. Will it happen? I don't know. But it's nice to see Berrettini kind of, kind of coming into play. Got my son that's deciding to join for the podcast of the day. Hey, what's up, little Henny? Yeah. We do need his expert analysis today, I think. Hi. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Can you hear us, Pat? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. Pat, you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Right. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I can hear you. I just couldn't hear you at all. All right. Oh. Pat, what did you, what do you, how do you feel about Novak hitting 23? Well, he actually has 23, unfortunately, <laughs> but he's going for 24, which, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like this tournament, Wimbledon in particular, He's, I mean, he, he, he already has proven for the most part, he's, especially in the majors, he's a cut above the rest. I think he's two cuts above the rest when it comes to Wimbledon. I just think that it's just the fact that that grass seems to be the longest for guys to get used to because it's, they don't, I mean, let's face it, it's a pretty short season. So it takes a while for guys to get used to the grass. Um, and then I just think that the confidence that he has, I mean, he hasn't lost a match at Wimbledon in like five years. <laughs> 2013. So. I think 2013 or 2014. Was the last time he lost. 2013 or 2014, I believe. Jeez. So, I mean, just speaking to, the, to those, it's just like his confidence is at an all-time high. I mean, honestly, I think really with who's left in the draw, in my opinion, I, I, I still think it's really Novak's tournament to lose, but. I think the only player to really kind of threaten him, but he's got to come in with really good form is Berrettini. I think he's the, I mean, Alcaraz, he's showing improvement on grass, 
and he's still only 20 years old. I, I still think it's going to take him a couple years to be a legitimate threat at Wimbledon. And I personally think Berrettini is going to beat him in the next round. Um, but I, I, to me, Djokovic is just, he's, he's more than likely going to get, going to get 24, which is, uh, <laughs> which is insane. His legacy is probably already safe being at 23. I love Rafa and I hope he comes back, but I mean, it, it's a big question mark to see if he ever, if he can ever win another major, but, um, but it's, it's, it's looking more and more like it's going to be Novak in 24. I mean, I, I agree. It's, it'd be nice to see Rafa get one more, but he still has clay. So that's a positive, you know, he's got clay on his side for, uh, for next year. Will he play all the majors? I have a feeling that his play is going to be a little, uh, cut short. So I think he's going to play quite a bit, like just a couple tournaments. He's not going to play as much as like a full on schedule. Like you normally would because of injury. Um, so I think he's definitely going to scale back his playing wise and maybe just play maybe a, like one or two tournaments before the lead up to a major. Um, and then, you know, be done for a little bit and then play another tournament before for a major and go in, you know, I don't think he's going to play a full, full on schedule like he has, which sucks, but yeah, I agree. It's more than likely Novak is probably going to get 24. He, whether, even if he, even if he plays Berrettini, I think he'll still win. Um, because he's just so dominant. But the crazy part that I think right now is uh, Chris Hubanks coming out of, you know, left field. I mean, he won a, a follow-up tournament at, uh, against oh, uh, Manorino. He beat Adrian Manorino, which is a, a tricky player to play on. You know, he's a very enjoys the fast, you know, slippery courts and grass definitely suited him. But, you know, Eubanks beat him, I think, in, in straight sets. Yeah, that was out in Mallorca. That was a great. Oh, was uh, it Mallorca? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that grass court event that's out there. Ironically, it's there's a grass court event there. <laughs> so, but yeah, to your point, Eubanks, I mean, he's been like, it's it's been fun not only watching him, but also like his interviewing because he's just, he's very, I think he's just very open and honest about his situation. I mean, he, he was saying really, if, if I think, I think it was, I mean, he's been grinding on the challenger circuit for like five years, I guess. And I love how he was just like, he's like, it's not glamorous. Like, it's just, it, he, he was, he, cause he's already been commentating, I guess. It, cause he was like, I, I think it was either Chris McKendry or Darren Cahill was like, Oh, were you, trying to set up like another gig because um, you were worried about your professional tennis career. And he was like, yes, <laughs> he was like, I, I wasn't cracking inside the top hundred. Like I wasn't getting into any main draw events. He was just like, maybe, maybe I need to think about another career. So it's, I thought it's been interesting that he's, I guess he's already been commentating on some smaller channels. And I think like ESPN plus he's commentated some matches. And, um, but then the fact that he's just like had like really this breakout year, starting in Miami and then winning in Mallorca and then, you know, the guys that he's beat and the way that he's played here at Wimbledon. I mean, it's like his serve. is just, is massive. I love that he has a one-handed backhand. Um, and he's just, he seems to just really be enjoying the moment, I think. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next match. And honestly too, like, I, I don't see why he, he couldn't disrupt. That's not going to be an easy match for Sitsipas. 
Like Sitsipas struggles against big servers historically. Eubanks literally has nothing to lose. All the pressure is on Steph. Yep. Um, I, so I, I think if he just comes in and swings freely, I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> it's, <laughs> I definitely don't think it's going to be a three setter. Um, no. Steph. So that, that one we could, and also nice too, because he, he's the last American male um, in the draw. Oh yeah. I mean, with, with Tiaf, with big foe losing, I mean, he played, he, his, his playing against, you know, you guys always talk up Grigor, but big foe just was, he was off and his game just looked horrendous. So I don't know what his issue was. I mean, I only watched this a little bit just cause it's on ESPN plus and I don't get those channels unless I want to pay another six bucks for two weeks and it's dumb, but that's beyond me ESPN. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what I could see and some of the stuff I was watching, I mean, he just looked off. You know, there's something that that wasn't connecting, like his forehand wasn't connecting, you know, backhand he wasn't getting. But Grigor, he's gonna have to figure out something because he's he's afraid to hit his backhand because he sliced the ball a ton, a ton. Um, you know, and I think that's gonna play into Holger Rune um his playing style you know he's a very hard player to play against um because that's who he plays next and that's tomorrow at 11 15 is what it says um but yeah I, I mean i think gregor definitely has his hands full but he he has to come out there swinging and be confident in the backhand because if you're not confident in the backhand you know and i think holger's kind of a brat that's just my my taste <laughs> but I think he'll he'll Holger will beat him in, in straight sets if he comes out and just starts tries to slice the backhand twenty four seven. Ooh, that's that's a bold claim there. I mean Holger, oh. he's you know I I mean I I, re, I respect the moxie. I I do agree with you the fact that it's a lot of slicing. I will say you're probably going to see more slicing on grass than any other surface because it it's if you have a good slice, yeah. it's very advantageous to have it on the surface and. I mean, do I think that Holger could win the match? Yes. And, and I'm not just saying this because I really like Grigor, but it's like if he plays the way he did against Big Foe and just the experience he has on grass and Holger doesn't have a lot of experience, I don't see Runa winning. But me personally, I, I, I think if Grigor plays the way that he's capable of on grass, he could win. I, I think on any other surface, I probably would go with Runa. But I think on grass, I think that gives Dimitrov a little bit more of an edge. So, but to your point, and I, I don't think anyone's going to dispute you that, yeah, he's, Runa's a brat. There was a, I can't remember his commentator who was like, yeah, I really like his moxie. And I'm just like, no, you like his bratty brashness. There's nothing <laughs> about him. <laughs> he's a child. But, you know, at the same time too, I, I think it's, to your point, I mean, even though Runa's the higher seed, I still think he's got nothing to lose. Like Grigor, he's coming in with good form. He's had some really good runs at this event. I mean, grass is arguably Grigor's best surface, you know, and Runa, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's still so young, he, especially at Wimbledon. There's, he, there's not a lot of pedigree there for him because of his age. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like the pressure's on Dimitrov a little bit too. So that, that can kind of play into his head a little bit, but I was a little surprised I thought the, the Tiafo Dimitrov match would be much more competitive because Foe's got a good game for grass. Like he's got, he's got good athletic ability. He's got some good variety, some good guile. 
And I definitely thought that was going to be set up to be like a good four or five setter. So I was pretty disappointed that it was very one-sided from the first ball. So, um, but at the same time, Grigor had played the best I'd seen him play probably in like a year. Like it was, he literally, I don't know how, if you, how much you caught of that Kyle, but he was literally, it was one of those where like he was hitting every line, every corner, big foe was just looking up at his box. Like, what can I do? Is it this guy's birthday or something? Like, and Grigor, he was popping serves like 138. Like he was, he was approaching 140 on his serves. Like it just all, everything was firing. Like he just, it, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a thing of beauty. It was tough because it's like, I like foe and, and all that, but it was, I mean, it was, it was clinical grass sport tennis. Like it just was, and, and foe just did not have an answer, but, um, but yeah, the, hopefully the Runa one will be good. I hope Grigor wins. Cause I can't stand Runa. <laughs> um, yeah, but it'll, uh, that, that one will be, that, that should be a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I agree with you. I mean, Big Foe definitely has a lot of variety. Um, very, very flat backhand. I mean, does not bounce very high. But some of the points I was watching Grigor hit, I mean, he was just hitting winner after winner. You know what I mean? He even hit a winner on, uh, I think, Big Foe's serve in the third set. And he's just looking like, okay, how do I beat that? You don't. You just sit there and look up at your box and go, all right, well, I'm done. This, I'm not winning this match. So. Yeah, it was pretty much even when there was a rain delay, it was just like, okay, maybe there's something that Tiafo needs, like when they had to stop the match. But um, when they resumed, I think Grigor won like the next four games and it was over. Yeah, I agree. But there's that one. And then you've got Medvedev and Laheka. You know, I've actually been really like surprised to have Medvedev because um, he came out and had to stop mid mid match. I think it was like, 30 all against Manorino and Manorino gave him a little bit of a, of an issue. I mean, he was kind of struggling with the ball. And like I said, I mean, Manorino, he's, he's been around for, for some years, you know, he's never been a guy that's been, you know, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat you 24, you know, and cause like I said, I don't even think he's even sponsored by anybody really. I think he's just out there to play and try and do what he can to stay on the tour and he's gay, he's given people issues, and it's it's it was crazy to see the number three who probably should have won that in straight go you know being taken five sets by a guy who's thirty six and is just out there just to play. So, but it seems like he enjoys it, you know. And I feel like if if you enjoy it, then you're just out there to swing and and play, and you're loose. You have nothing to lose. You're just going out there to play and see what happens. And I think that's kind of the same thing what Eubanks was doing. Is just nothing to lose. He's just going out there hitting, playing, and if he wins, great. If he doesn't, he just chalks it up and tries to figure out the next the next match and the next tournament to play in. Also, that point too, I'm kind of surprised that Medvedev has he ever even made a quarterfinal of Wimbledon? Like he's I don't think so. Surprisingly, with his game style, he hasn't done better um, at Wimbledon. I mean, he's got obviously a great opportunity to to really make make the the final i mean he's on the opposite half of joker you know um he's got a good opportunity i mean all those guys really in that half but i'm kind of surprised he hasn't done better on the surface but it maybe he's starting to find his stride when it comes to that um 
Shantek just saved a match point. <laughs> um, yeah, that Matt, that she literally was just down. Um, it's it's pretty good battle right now. But um, but yeah, to your point, Medvedev, he's just and he's had an incredible year. I mean, outside of the well, even at the majors, he's he's done pretty well. Maybe not for his standards, but I mean, he's won what like five tournaments this year and on different surfaces and. You know, saying he doesn't like clay, but he won the Rome Masters. I mean, just, you know, so it's and then, of course, flamed out first round of the French. But um, but no, he's he's definitely a guy that I'd love to see him. I mean, him playing Sitsipas in the quarters would be fun because those two can't stand each other. But oh, at the God. Same, but at the same time, I would love to see Eubanks continue to, to make this Cinderella run that he's got going. So, um but, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's – did you see, too, who Medvedev's playing, Laheka? Did you see any of that match against Tommy Paul? What, Laheka and Tommy yeah. Paul? No, I did not. I wasn't able to. Because it was it – was, uh, Laheka won the first two sets. Tommy Paul won the next two. But in the four-set breaker, Laheka actually won the match, but he challenged – a couple shots before Tommy Paul missed his, his, his final shot. And that challenge was incorrect by Laheka. So they had to give the point to Tommy Paul. <laughs> so literally Laheka thought a ball was out. He hit it back to Tommy Paul and it was a great shot. And then Tommy Paul hit the next shot into the net, but two shots prior Laheka challenged that, Oh, this shot was out, but it was actually in. So they had to give the point to Paul. So the match continued and it should have been over. <laughs> Um, and Paul ended up winning the four set. And I was like, this guy is going to implode. Like I, there's no way he comes back mentally from that kind of mistake. And then he ends up winning like six, two in the, in the fifth credit to his mental fortitude. Um, so there was a pretty unusual circumstances and another tough way for a, for an American male, uh, to go out. But yeah, well, heck yeah, he's apparently Burditch is, is helping him out. Um, Ooh. I yeah, can see that. Apparently he's especially of like Czech descent and stuff like that. And they were kind of joking that Laheka is kind of on like the, the Burridge leg regime because I guess he's got like massive legs. <laughs> so <laughs> it's um, but yeah, he it's another a guy, honestly, I don't know about you. I've never even heard of this guy. Um I've heard of I've seen I've heard his name and seen it a couple of times. Uh I think in was it Australia, I believe. I've heard his name a, a few times, and he's made some deep runs, I think, this year and I think last year as well. But it's just been – he's kind of like a – again, it's you're kind of what you're saying. It's a bear – it's a bear deek. Tomas bear deek, he's very spotty. You know, can he actually beat and win against top players? Maybe. But, I mean, it's again, it's one of those things that's going to come down to he's going to be another Tomas bear deek and can't win in the big, in the big tournaments, unfortunately. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he disrupts. Um, I know we talked about this earlier. Sorry, my dryer's going off. But um, is what do you think about like Alcaraz uh, Berrettini? Sure, that one will be interesting. Like I said, I was surprised to see uh, Alcaraz actually do so well on grass, and I believe he won a follow up tournament at I think it was the London or yeah. Great Great Britain, one of the uh, grass court out there. 
um, following into Wimbledon. He won that. His game is not terrible. Um, he actually plays pretty well for grass, and I'm, I'm actually really impressed. Berrettini's game is almost like made for grass because it's all, you know, that backhand, very flat, um, you know, big forehand, big serve. But Alcaraz is just so quick to get to everything, um, and I think that's going to help. So I, I, I can't say who's, who's going to win that one, unfortunately. I have no idea because I, I can't really tell just because it's, I think it'll be a solid matchup. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tasty. I'm going to say Berrettini in five. It's going to take him out. Because to your point, I just think with being able to uh, power through him a little bit more, I, I think that slice, his backhand slice, Berrettini's, is phenomenal. And especially on grass, um, I, I think it's he needs to he needs to take it to him uh, to Alcaraz, kind of like Jari did, because yeah. Jari should have he should have forced he should have that should have been five sets um, that match. Alcaraz got a little bit lucky to get out in four, but um, I, I think Berrettini needs to take it to him. Which I mean, I think that's the only way he knows how to play anyway. Um, but um, I, I'm predicting Berrettini gets gets out in five. A bold statement there, Cotton. <laughs> I mean, he's, it's one of those where it's like he's. I mean, I will say to your point, Alcaraz. It was impressive, and I was also shocked that he won Queens. Um, but that's, I mean, especially like, you know, his age. You don't see too many young guys, particularly winning a grass court event. Like it's, it's. I just think it's very rare because you just spend so little time on the surface. So it's mm. that was impressive. That he's and I've got and I and I like Alcaraz. I definitely see the hype. I don't know why. Did you see that poster though that they had? It was an advertisement and it had like I think it had Federer, it had Borg, and then I think it had like Serena, and then it had Alcaraz as like the fourth guy on there. Um, like you've got like these legends of Wimbledon, and then you got Alcaraz on there and Macaro was on the call when they showed it and he was like, Oh, the, so the guy makes one fourth round at Wimbledon and they put him on, a, <laughs> <laughs> put it on an ad. Like it was just kind of, you're just like Djokovic wasn't on there. Um, I mean, <laughs> Rafa's won the tournament twice. Like I, I just, it was kind of, I don't know, but it was, but, but I will say, do I think like Alcaraz, I like the fact that he's openly spoken about, he's like, I want to be an all court player. He goes, I just don't want to be, I was about to say a clay court guy, but he's won the U.S. Open. But um, I think he's he's trying to make those adjustments to be to be a threat on grass. But um, but I'm pulling for Berrettini. I think he's going to eke it out. Like I said, I I think it's incredible what what Alcaraz can do on any surface at what 19, 20. Are him and Holger the same age? Yeah, I think they're. I know Alcaraz 20. I think they're both 20. Okay. So, I mean, just to see him and what he's accomplished and done at his age is just outstanding. You know, I mean, it's he's he's doing something that even Rafa had had, had struggled with. You know, being number 1, he's 20, he's 20 years old and he's number 1 in the world. Rafa didn't hit that. You know, no. but Rafa also had Roger, so that 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 also <laughs> kind of kind of blinked his slate real real quick but no it's it's definitely interesting but did you did you see the underarm serve for the holger and bukina match that was the that was the worst underhand serve i've ever seen 
And it, and it ate all in the fifth set. Yeah, it ate all. It's just a huge moment in the match. Um, and he, and he uh, to your point, it was it was a horrible, it didn't even have like a lot of spin to it. And he, he tried to serve and volley with it. Like it was like the worst executed, I think, technically and also situationally <laughs> to, to, to try to pull off that um, that shot. I mean, tactically too, which is horrible. It, it like unchecked every box. It was so bad. It was it was awful. I think that didn't he lose like five straight points in a row? Well, he ended up. Well, I think he, he did. Actually, I think Fokina, Fokina lost five straight points because I think Holger was down like, what, four, eight or something like that? Yes. Five, the, five, I eight. remember the commentator saying Fokina was up six to two in that breaker as well. So he, he lost that in pretty tragic fashion. <laughs> So, but, but I mean, credit to Holger, you know. He pulled it out for 20 years old. He, he stuck it out and, and grinded mm-hmm. it. That's all it takes. What about, uh, I hate to, to bring up a sore subject, Kyle, but what about your boy Shapo? He, he, apparently they said he had it won, but he just, he's, uh, he's all over the place. He, I will say, though, too, you could tell he had strapping on his knee. Um, and he seemed to be pretty labored by some sort of knee injury. So he was, he didn't look, he, what is, I, I watched the first set and although he won it, he didn't look that good. Um, it was a little sloppy. And then the, I hadn't even heard of the other guy. Apparently it's his first main draw appearance in Wimbledon. Um, what's his, uh, Safuyan? Yeah, um, I've never heard of him. Yeah, he he won the next three sets, but you could tell that Chapa was pretty labored by it. It was um, it's just such a bummer because it's just it would have been nice to see Chapa make a little bit more of a run because he's he's been struggling for a while. But yeah, I mean the player he played before him was Brody, and Brody was definitely giving people some issues. Yeah, I mean he was a you know a wild card, mm-hmm. and he took you know Chapa to. Uh, he won the first set, and then the, the sets three and four were seven five seven five. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty certain that he had a break. Shapo was up a break, but he ended up giving it back, and they kept going back and forth. So, I mean, he just he wouldn't go away. But yeah, center is definitely kind of struggling. But then you know, Suflin plays center, and I think that's going to be a a nice little ass whooping. I don't think he'll last very long against center. <laughs> No, Sinner couldn't draw up a better draw. I mean, oh. I, don't, I think every player he's faced, I've never even heard of <laughs> in this in this Wimbledon. I mean, it's it's one of those where he's. Well, I've I mean, heard of he, Galan. I've heard of Galan before. Uh, then he played. Actually, Galan beat Steph Sitsipas uh, at the Open last year. Yep. So you've got Palace. Never heard of that. I mean, some of the people that he beat, it's – I've never heard of over half of them. He's had a dream draw. I mean, it's literally going to be more than likely he'll probably play Joker in the semis, and that's going to be, like, his his first, I think, like, you know, real main opponent. It will be the opponent, really, with Joker. Well, he, beat, he beat Schwartzman in the second round, but 
I mean, that's Diego Schwartzman. I mean, yeah, I mean, Schwartzman, he's obviously he's a he's a name, but it's like I think grass is his worst surface. Um, not taking anything away from center, though. It's like you you can't control. You just play the people that are in your draw, you know, so I'm not yeah. taking away from him. But it just blows my mind how <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's been such a because what, what was was Fritz in this? in his section was was at the other seed i think that he was potentially supposed to play that i think lost like first or second round um fritz lost the second round it had to be fritz had to be in center section or obviously somebody else that was a name dropped out pretty early um no he was uh fritz was on the first half okay there was somebody that came out, but it might have been Rude, but Rude on grass is – he'll be the first guy to tell you that it's he, – he's got a lot of work to do on grass. Well, Brody, Brody was the one that beat him. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's – I'm not surprised. Rude's just – he's got he's got a lot of work to do when it comes to grass. So, but uh, did you see, to me – Kyle, the match of the day today, did you watch that Rublev-Bublik match? I watched a little bit. I was actually out playing tennis for the first time in probably a couple weeks. Um, so it felt nice to go go play and go hit. But nice. uh, I was listening to it on the, on the way there and on the way back. And, you know, Rublev definitely is a – he's come, come a long way on from, uh, for a grass – to play on grass and play well. Um I mean, he just hits the ball, you know, a thousand percent, one hundred, one hundred percent of the time. So it's just I don't understand how he does it and how he hits so cleanly. But the ball doesn't bounce very high either because it's all flat. His forehand's flat. His backhand's flat. Um, his volley game is not the best. But you know, I think if he has to play against Novak, I think that's going to be a not a very close one because Novak knows how to play it all. Rublev just knows how to how to ground and pound from the baseline. <laughs> so that'll be an interesting one to see. But uh, you know, it even hurt you know Herbert Hercatch when is Novak's first next opponent, and you know he's definitely a, tr- a little bit of a tricky player as well. Uh, if his if his game is on, so but I think Novak I think could probably pull it out in four against Hercatch just because he's just. He's kind of a streaky player. I would agree. I, I think best case scenario, her catch gets a set. Um, Cause that one it's, yeah. I mean, it's, he's, and he's got it. He obviously has like a good game for grass and he moves pretty good for his size. And then like you were saying, he's got a huge serve. Um, and I think he's improved. His volleys were a little spotty when he came on tour, but I think that those have improved the last couple of years for him. So, and he's, he's got a, he's definitely has to come to net today to have any chance um, against Joker. But yeah, I, I think Joker comes through in, in three best case scenario, four sets, but that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that Bublik Rublev match, that was Bublik. He's it's insane. He, he doesn't, he doesn't go play by the rules at all. No. He does some pretty screwy things on court. <laughs> he was throwing in a, like buck 20 uh, second serves. He would be like on his back foot behind the baseline trying to do a drop shot. He was, he literally would like 
he literally would hit a shot and like walk away, like in the middle of a rally, like, like he would, whether he was winning or losing the point, he would just kind of like check out for a little bit. Um, it just was so, <laughs> it was very strange. Um, and I mean, Ruba, he had, he had match points in the fourth set and he kind of let those go away. Um, and you were kind of wondering if that would affect him. Um, but he never really lost his cool. He's always been kind of a hothead, but today he was pretty, like pretty low key for him. And, uh, but it, it was an entertaining match for sure. But Bublik, he just was, he was very, he was very unconventional with his like tactics and <laughs> his, yeah, his strategy and his shot selection. Some of it was like entertaining. Some of it was just really dumb. Um, it just was like, like he had like a, he had a break point, I think. It might've been a set point and he was coming in like acting like he was going to do the saber. And then literally as Rublev served it, he backed up and he tried to hit like a drop shot off his back foot off the return. And I'm like, why don't you just do the saber? Just try to half volley it and come forward. You're better off doing that than what you chose to do. Um, so things like that were interesting. Also too, they, Kyle, they were flashing to um, Bublik's box. He has like four agents. He had like, he had like 20 people in his entourage. <laughs> it was so random. Like, I mean, apparently the guy's got a lot going on, but he was not somebody I thought was that like high profile. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was, I learned a lot about Bublik today. It was. <laughs> he he worked to see the beat of his own drum. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. He's kind of like Nick Kyrgios would be proud. It's so funny. That's literally what the commentator said. Like whenever there was some like buffoonery going on, literally, I think I can't remember what commentator was. Literally said Nick Kyrgios would be proud. Like it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. Did you see the? Uh, oh, what was it? I think it was one of the rallies that or uh, Bublik thought he had had a winner, and Rublev ended up hitting one back, and and he's like, he looks and is just appalled, like what the fuck just happened? I mean, and then. I don't know if you've seen, but did you see, what is that, Tsitsipas? And, oh, he's playing mixed doubles with his uh, girlfriend. Um, but uh, Bedosa, Paula Bedosa. And then Rublev is dating Katie Bolter. Oh, couple uh, couple romances there. I know. Yeah. But they, I think Tsitsipas pulled out of mixed doubles because I think Bedoza had a back problem, and then he played doubles with his brother, and I think they just lost to yeah. I think they showed him. I think this morning they, they lost for doubles. I'm just I'm still shocked too. I think McEnroe, John McEnroe, said this a year or two ago, but like I get it sometimes. But the fact that like it seems like most of these majors, like Sitsipas is playing. In double in multiple doubles, like he was playing, he was playing mixed and men's doubles and singles. It's like yep. I, I don't know. I'm just like if you're if you're legitimately trying to win a major <laughs> like singles, why the hell are you playing? I don't care if you're fit as a fiddle and you're in your mid twenties. Like I just I just think that that's poor prioritizing of your of your schedule. I get it sometimes if you want to play doubles to work on your all court game, maybe at lower tier events. But I don't know. I, I, I just wonder if his, if his dad or somebody in his team is just like, Steph, like we really need to just focus on singles. Like when you're playing these 
events because I just I don't know I, I just I, I just don't really see where it's you know because he already has like a pretty natural four-court game like he you could tell he's yeah. very comfortable coming forward he's got really good volleys um to me he's got one of the best transition forehands in the game so it's like I I don't think that like his four-court game needs a ton of polishing or anything like that um but I and I just think just from a just from a freshness and recovery perspective, especially if you're going to try to more than likely have to beat Djokovic to win, I just, you know, put put the doubles away. I just <laughs> like I just uh, that, that baffles me that somebody who's been a top five player for the last like three or four years, because most of these guys, when you think about a top five or even a lot of times a top ten, they're not playing doubles. A lot of them or most of them. Yeah. You know, it seems like the women tend to a little bit, but on the men's side, I just, especially best three out of five, I, I just think that that's poor managing of your body. I agree. I mean, again, I've, I've never been a massive Sitsipas fan, you know, you don't, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't realize it. I'm sure everybody's heard that we've talked about it in the podcast multiple times, but yeah, I agree. It definitely is not a, not a wise decision. You know, you play all these matches 24 seven from January till you know pretty much August into September um and I mean you're it's pedal to the metal and then you've got a couple 1000s after that but I mean you're playing at least probably what one 30 some 30 some mat, like tournaments a year to stay competitive on and then along with you're playing in some of them if you're playing doubles and then you're playing mixed doubles. That's a lot to put on your body and a lot of stress that you don't need. Um, but yeah, I think if you're top five, even top 50, you know, probably you're not playing doubles. And if you are, it's to get, it's to work on some things, but I would say you play one doubles, but not a mixed doubles as well. Yeah. I just think it's, it's but, crazy. Cause who, I mean, who knows? Cause it's like, yeah, but we'll we'll see it um, how how it does or doesn't affect them. But I I see Benchich and Swantek are into a third, and Azarenka and Svitolina are, are into a third now. I thought Azarenka was going to pull out the second set. She was up by she was up a break, and Svitolina pulled it out. She was she Azarenka was blowing her off the court for about a set and a half. Like it was. Yeah, it was, it was fully one sided. So it um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, this this Triantec Benchich match is is turned into a, a pretty pretty tasty encounter. I like Benchich. She's definitely like I feel like since she made what uh, semi of U.S. Open. Yeah, I believe um, you can definitely tell she's she's gotten. It looks like she's gotten taller, and then she's also gotten thinner, like more in shape. Because she was never that physically fit back at back when she went to the semis of of US, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, she was never ever not out of shape, but you could definitely tell she's gotten a lot more fit and she's able to play in these long rounds. But she is taped up to the max, though, like <laughs> all over. So I don't know if that's a if that's going to cause problems in the next match leading up to if she beats Chuantec. But you know, right now it's looks like it's back to the deuce. So, but Swantek's definitely been been kind of struggling in this in the Wimbledon. She's not had it like an easy, easy go. It, I think a couple of her matches, she's 
she's kind of struggled. Well, she kind of reminds me a little bit of um, NNR Den, where it's like Justin Ennen, where it's like at yep. Wimbledon. That's by far going to be her hardest major to ever win. I agree. She may, she may never ever win a Wimbledon. Um, she did. She's won Wimbledon once. Oh no, 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 she hasn't. Yeah, she's won U.S. Rolling, rolling. Okay, no, she's never made it. She's not even made it to the quarters. Uh, this would be the first time. The quarters. Yeah. So she struggled. It's just her game. Just is is definitely tailor made for clay. Um, I was impressed she won the U.S. Open last year, but it, uh, yeah, this would be this would be a really big win, I think, for her and for her psyche, because uh, yeah, Benchit, she's got a nice game for grass. Um, she takes it early, she takes it flat, and and uh, her game matches up well against Triantec. She's not really intimidated by her either, so I think yeah, that she's that not afraid to hold back. It's a beautiful shot there, but yeah, so that. Yeah, this one, a couple of tie break sets that 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 match has been super tight. Well, it looks like here, she's not even made. She's never made it to the quarters either, which is kind of surprising. I feel like Wimbledon is kind of like she would tailor made for her game. I agree. So it's uh, who do you, you know who I kind of like seeing a bit of a resurgence, and hopefully she can continue to make a run is uh, Kvitova. I think she plays tomorrow, um, uh, but Patrick Kvitova, she hasn't made, she, she's made the fourth round. She hasn't made it that far since she last won the tournament like 10 years ago. Um, yeah. She's, but she's, she's like struggled. I know. I know when I was watching her match against, oh, earlier, I think the match, I think she played yesterday. She like was just struggling even to win. I mean, she she kept going back and forth. She couldn't get a couldn't get a W. And I don't know why she was struggling, but she plays Jabur. That player was so crafty. Um, that it was like a forehand. I never heard of her. She had like a crazy forehand slice, and yeah, that last game took like like 10, 15 minutes for her to close out. But she plays Jabur. That'll be tough. That'll be interesting because Jabur Ons Jabur is definitely a, mm. a difficult player to play, especially on grass because her. She has some nasty slices, and her drop shots are ridiculous. I feel like whoever wins that match is probably going to get to the final. That's kind of my. Well, I mean, if if she does, she's. I mean, she's going to probably end up having to play Rabakina because Rabakina is playing very well. We'll say to Rabakina, or maybe at least maybe I missed it. I feel like they haven't shown much coverage of her at all. I mean, no, they haven't talked she's to a defending champion. And like, has she been on any show courts? Has she been, I mean, it's, and she is not even being talked about. Like, it's just, it's like her, her run last year never happened. Like that just kind of, it just kind of blows I think my she likes, mind. I think she likes to kind of fly, fly by, by under the radar. I don't think she likes to be the center of attention. I think she likes to kind of fly under and then, you know, pretty much give everybody the middle finger. I think that's just who she is as a player. <laughs> But then you've got Sabalinka and Alexandrova. And Sabalinka's, I mean, she's just got, she's literally the female version of Andy Roddick. That's exactly what she is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Andy, Andy would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Madison Keys, who's never even, uh, she, I, hell, I didn't even think she, I thought she retired. 
<laughs> I mean, she hasn't been relevant in, in a long time. And then she's playing a 16-year-old from Russia and Andreeva. Mm-hmm. And she she's not a bad player. She plays very well. She's smart, crafty. Yeah, so she's there's, there's talking about another, yeah, another up and comer, especially I feel like on the on the women's side. Every now and then you get somebody who's like 15, 16 years old and just really makes some noise. So it's it's impressive. Um I, I like to see Keys. It, it it's surprising to me she hasn't done better at Wimbledon with Mattis. Uh, probably a lot of it's the movement, because I've heard like on gla- on grass, the movement takes so long to get used to. Yeah. Madison's just not really known for her movement. So yeah. it's, but that, that, that one I'd be, I mean, she's got a great opportunity to get to the uh, um, quarters to probably play Sabalenka more than, which that's, that would be a slug fest. <laughs> oh God. So, but it's uh, yeah. One of those, yeah. Rubacana. I mean, yeah, that, that section is loaded with Rubacana, Kabitaba and Jabur. Oof. That's, I mean, I honestly, I, my opinion, I think whoever comes out of that that section is going to be the Wimbledon champ on the women's side. That's my. Prediction. I agree. I don't think I don't think Kvitova will beat Ons Jabur if she struggled that much last last game. Unless she can get her serve and it's on, but Jabur is definitely just a, she's a very tricky and difficult player to play against, um, and that's somebody you don't want to mess with. So if she if she could somehow get through Jabur Kabitova, like the people that she would potentially play the remainder of the tournament would match up well with her game style. Like I agree with you, Jabur, like the crafty players seem to give her a lot of fits, but she would just be playing more than likely a bunch of sluggers the rest of the way, which she she can go toe to toe with. So it's if she could somehow get through Jabur, that that would bode well, I think, for her her uh her game matchup. Yeah, but. I agree. Well, like I said, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens in Wimbledon. And then, like I said, I mean, if, if Novak gets number 24, you know, then he's going for number 25 at, at, at 24. US. That's what I'm saying. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be 25 at US if he gets this one. So the question is, does the pressure come back on him again like it was back in a couple years ago? Do you think do you think the pressure will come back on him if he wins Wimbledon and then has to go to US and pass and possibly win number 25? I think the, I think the number is not that it's not that. I think it's a matter of the calendar slam that's the pressure. But that's just what I think of it as. I think will he probably feel it? Yeah, but will he be more It's crazy to think that he'd be like, "Wow, he's more prepared to win the calendar slam because he would it's insane that he would he's potentially putting himself in position again to do it, which is incredible. Um, but I think that the thing too is like, I just think he, I think it was after when he won the French and they were kind of talking about, you know, the the possibility. And he was just, he was like, I, he was like, I want it. He was like, I'm looking forward to Wimbledon. I'm looking forward to New York. Like he's just, he's just a man on a mission. I just think that he, yeah, I mean, he, he, he can definitely do it. And, it. and it's one of those two where he's almost, I think, even set up better now to, to do it than before. I, even though he's a little older, is 
you got to remember, he hasn't played as many matches this year because the first half of the year, there was still kind of some COVID restrictions going on. So he's going to be even that because a lot of guys are kind of run down once they get to the U S open and it's, he's going to be that much more fresh, I think for the U S so it's, so I think that he could definitely, he can definitely do it and we'll be better, more prepared for it, but will he still feel the pressure? I mean, for sure, especially with like social media and the news and all that. And, um, and just the, the, uh, the magnitude of the occasion, I think he'll definitely feel it, but. You know, I, just, I mean, it's just it's just insane. We haven't seen anybody win it since Rod Laver back yeah. in what 1969, I think is what it was. Yeah. So it's been 60, no, yeah, 60 some years since someone's last done it, which is wild. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe is it is it Rafa's had it almost. He he's I think he's almost done it. But then he lost, I think, at Wimbledon early to go for it. And then I think Rogers never been able to even come close. Yeah, when you when you look at it, I mean, honestly, neither when you because when you look at like Roger when he first dominated and he he won like three out of the four majors, like he, he always lost the French. So it's like he was he never won the first two. Um going into Wimbledon and then Rafa I think he's won the first two once he won the 2022 Aussie and French Open and then and then then he had to pull out in that semi after he beat Fritz so it's like when you look at it from that perspective like I mean and I think is Rafa ever won I think Rafa only won three majors in a year once I believe. I think he's only done it once. I mean, only once. <laughs> um, and then Roger did it three or four times. Novak's done it three or four times. So, you know, it's but but at the same time, I mean, it's I mean, Djokovic was literally three sets away from doing it, which was incredible. I know. It was so. It's it was wild, but like I said, it's it'll be definitely interesting. You know, I think the pressure is still there. I don't think it's as much. I think it's still going to be there in his mind, but I think that since he's had it, had, he's been there before. I think it won't be, you won't his pressure won't be as mounted as when he was playing Medvedev, which is a tough player to play on, you know, a major final anyways, on, especially on hard court. Because um, I remember when those two, when Medvedev was first coming on to the set of play, and, they, and he played Novak at Aussie. I'd never seen anybody ground and pound with Novak like that in years because yeah. he just was a he was a backboard when he went during that match he didn't miss and I was like who is this guy and mm-hmm. now now we see exactly where it came from so so yeah it'll be yeah it'll 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 be interesting for sure I think it's one of those two I will say too especially with Roger out of the game and at least for a while Rafa's going to be out I mean it's it's almost kind of good for tennis having Djokovic with this like historic like run he's on I think it's I think it's it's good for the sport just kind of just something like an exciting storyline to have so but yeah it's just kind of especially men's tennis we're we're in an interesting spot but Djokovic just seems to be especially with Rafa and Roger I mean out of the picture it's just he's he's just he's just running away with history it seems like 
you'd think that with some of the younger guys, they'd come in and, you know, just win. But it's just, they showed a statistic, what was it? In 2008, Novak had one major. Roger had 13 by that point. And then Rafa had five, I think, or seven. So Novak was was so far behind. And then they showed it by like 2013 or 2015. It was like Roger was up to like 17, but Novak was up to 10. So in a matter of seven years, he was he he had already won nine majors in that amount. And then they showed it. Then it just like went fucking wild from 2015 and it went to like 2019 or something like that or 21 and so six years later he was at like 21 so it's just like what the fuck just happened <laughs> so it's like a matter of 13 years he won 20 majors yeah his dominance has just been it's and his longevity and i think too where it's where it's hard to because to your point of like younger guys like when are they going to step up and, and, and really have like this changing of the guard. And I think it's like, I just think tennis has never seen, you know, in my opinion, three of the best tennis players ever all in the same generation. And it's like, and typically up until a couple of years ago, you had to be two, at least two of those guys to win a major. And all these young guys are just like, God, it's it's like impossible to try to to try to, <laughs> to try to win a major, and then, and I I just think now like, and I think it's that, and Djokovic has still continued to like improve, um, and I I think what it is even now, and, and players will say it in interviews, which I feel like they shouldn't, because I, I just think that they're just giving Djokovic more confidence, is they're just like, they're like scared to play him. You know how like when Tiger was at like at his peak, he had like the Tiger effect, and he would yep. literally just intimidate guys on the tee box. And the round was over before he even started. And I think as of right now, that's the situation guys have with Joker. Like, I think it's like Stan, I mean, a guy that historically wasn't afraid to play Djokovic. He literally said before his match, he was like, yeah, I don't really have a chance, especially on grass. Dude, you know, I just like, it just, you know, these guys, they just, they're they're like especially at least like the first set's already won before the match even starts so i I just think he's and i think Djokovic recognizes that and he knows too obviously i mean he's getting into his uh late 30s where it's like he's like i've got this golden opportunity to just put a number out there that just will never be touched um and that's (laughs) and that's that's what he's doing so the question is if you get 25 and you win the calendar you win 25 majors, do you call it quits or do you keep going? I would say you keep going. Knowing Djokovic, he'll keep going because it's like if he's feeling good and he's still at the top of his game, it's because especially if he does that, he'll be number one in the world. It's not like when Sampras won his last major, he was literally like, <laughs> you know, he hadn't won a tournament in two years or whatever. Like Djokovic is, is – I mean, even though Alcaraz is number one, I mean, Djokovic is really the number one player in the world. Yes. Um, so it's like he's at the he's at the top of his game. I, I, I say you keep going. And especially the very next major is his best major at Aussie. I mean, it's just I, – I think he's just going to – he's, he's going to ride the wave until 
you know, his body or father time catches up with him. I mean, he's 36, so he doesn't, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down or stopping anytime soon. But I mean, I feel like if you get to, if, if you can get to 27 or 28 majors, I, I feel like that's like, that's no one's going to touch that. Like, no, I don't, I don't maybe. think, I don't think anybody's even going to come close. You may have maybe Alcarez if he can play well, but you, you can even see that he's, you know, he had prone to injury, you know, he tightened up in that uh, quarterfinal. Was it quarter or semi? Quarterfinal against Novak. Uh, tightened up and cramped up just because he, he was trying to go balls to the wall with Novak, and you can't ground and pound with him and, and try to go that hard 24-7 because Novak knows how to play. He knows how to be consistent. Um, you know, and I was surprised that even – rude made it to the final i thought i didn't think he was going to make it back to back-to-back finals by any means um but i mean you could even sense that on his on his face he's like shit i was like i'm not winning this one because he knows he i mean he played rafa the year before and then you play novak the year the next year and it's like okay well i guess i'll just go out here and try to see what i can do and it's not gonna work but we'll see yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's just if there's it seems like and I guess history would show that I mean, really the only major or the major that where guys have the best shot is the US Open. You know, so it's like that's one where I mean, cuz Novak I think he's only won 3 US Opens, so it's like not any any it's been a while since he's won his last one. So, um but yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive what he's what he's it's it's an, an phenomenal what he's been able to achieve. He just he's a very candidate. He just wants to put a number out there that just won't be touched. His no. his legacy is probably safe, really at twenty three. But um, but I, I don't uh, think he's going. I don't know. I I could see Alcaraz getting close and coming up to that point because he's so young, you know. And if he stays healthy and makes r- runs consistently and plays well. Um, you know, I think he could kind of make some issues and kind of get up to that point, you know, and I think it's Novak's going to get to a point where he's, he's just going to get to it at like, again, 27, 28. And he's like, you know what? I, I know nobody's going to touch that. And if they do, I'll give it to him. But 28 majors, that's six above Rafa, eight above Novak, you know, no one's going to beat 28 majors ever. You know, I didn't think anybody would even see 14, you know, because Sampras had it for so long, you know, 14 majors, you know, no one could touch it. But, you know, Roger came in and squashed that real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. It's, uh, oh, I mean, wow. last time, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like the last time that any like solid players you would see would always, you'd always see one dominant player or you'd see like at least two. You'd never see like three, four. I mean, even even five technically. I mean, if you want to put Stan in there or Tomas Berdik, you know, either one of those guys in the top five, they were literally four. You know, I'd say top five players were always getting to at least the quarters or semis every year. Whether it was Roger, Novak, Rafa, and then you had Murray there for a while before Metal Hip came in. Um, and then, you know, Stan and then Berdique. Berdique was always there, but he always had to play and beat three 
of the top, you know, guys above him. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Also, too, speaking of Murray, what did you think about his Wimbledon run this year? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think he played. He's just always been such a whiner. Like he always whines so much, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and, and that's, and that's, it is, that's just who he is as a player. That's who, that's his game. Um, but man, he just, he is a whiner and I, I like it though. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing him out there. Cause you can tell he's out there just to have fun and enjoy himself. You know, I think he's trying to compete and is doing everything he can to it. Um, will he win another major? No, probably not. You could definitely tell the metal hip is affecting his play. Um, you know, before before he had it in, you know, he would slide all over the court. He'd get to everything. So him and Novak would go back and forth on rallies because, you know, they could always go back and forth and just just trade shot for shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since he got the metal hip, you can definitely tell he's a little bit of a step off. Um, he just doesn't have the 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 firepower there of and the movement is not all the way there. And you can tell he's a little timid on certain at certain times as well. Yeah, and it, to your point too, like it's, I mean, and I will say too, it's, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Bush sits the past the five sets, top five player. He did it at the U.S. Open last year too, but he's, it would have been fun to see him, yeah, win a few more rounds. But, uh, but, it, but it is cool that he's still trying to go out there and grind and, and compete, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it, I will say too, it's like, it was a crazy staff but when he was still in the draw somebody was saying yeah the only Wimbledon champions left on the men's side are Djokovic and Murray and I was like what you know but honestly I mean because yeah especially the big four at Wimbledon yeah had such a stranglehold on that that championship um so it's that it was just kind of a but it's it's been you know seven years since Murray won his last but yeah hopefully he'll He'll, he'll still try to, you know, come out with some spirited wins and some vintage Murray stuff for another year, maybe two. But it was it was fun to see him back on center court. I agree. It was nice to see him out there. And you could tell he's just out there enjoying himself. He's having fun, not holding back. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I say, you know, this – this 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 tournament and even the French, you know, is definitely uh, was an interesting one to see and watch. Um, did not think center was going to lose so quickly. Uh, you know, definitely was a nice little blow to my betting, um, but that's beyond the point. Are you saying uh, No, uh, center. The center lost oh, like the center. first round. Center lost like the first round of the tournament, and I mean that was a nice little. I did a bet that he would win it, and that was a nice little blow to my my ego. <laughs> Well, he's hopefully. I mean, he's looking. He's looking pretty good. Wimbledon. He's played, and he's got, yeah, he couldn't ask for a better draw. So no, no. Yeah. And but but the problem is, you always have you know knowing in the back of your mind, you're you have to play Novak. That's the problem. Yeah, but I will say too. I mean, you know, more than likely, it's probably going to turn to that scenario. But if those two meet in the semis, I mean, Sinner was up two sets to love on him at Wimbledon last year. I mean, if he I'm, was. If I'm Cahill, I mean, we, you're looking at that tape and just seeing, okay, you know, what was working well, those first couple sets, and obviously tried to, I mean, easier said than done when you're playing <laughs> Novak, but I mean, he was, I mean, I, I don't, no one had taken two sets off Djokovic and Wimbledon since uh, Federer. So, I mean, it's, you know, on grass. So it's like that, 
you know, he could, he could take a lot of, a lot of confidence out of that. So hopefully, you know, more than likely getting to that, that, that head to head, it should, you know, he should hopefully go, go in there with some hope. I hope so. Like I said, I like his firepower. I like his game. Um, you know, he's very, his backhand's a little funky, uh, you know, how he hits the ball, but I, I like his game. He's got a big serve. Doesn't shy, you know, shy back from it. Um, he goes for it and, and gives it hell and sees what happens. So. Ooh, and also we got a. Oh, did she? Oh, Shiantek just held for five, two. Uh, oh, let's see here. In the third. Oh, I see it now. And then Svitolina and Azarenka are five all in the third. Wow. Man, got some good, some good matches. Some good, some good women's here. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and it's I one of those. If, yeah. I think Iga's probably gonna win and I think Iga will probably win this this next round. I don't think she'll she'll falter, but that Azarenka, Svitolina just went up six five, so they're on serve. Yeah, if Iga were to get through. Yeah, she would play yeah, Svitolina or uh Azarenka. Yeah, she's got she's got a good shot. Honestly, I think to get to the final. Well, she would potentially meet Pagula in the semis. Pagula matches up well against her, and she kicked Iga's ass at the beginning of the year. So that uh, that wouldn't – I don't think – it's not a cakewalk, but, you know, it's – I don't know. I, I think it'd be if, – if Iga were to get to the final, I, I would consider that probably a, a victory for her. I know she wouldn't think that, but um, – I just don't see her winning the tournament. No, I don't see it either. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Pagula win it. I like her style. I like her play. You know, she's also American. Her parents, her dad is the owner of the Bills. So yeah. I'm sure he'd be a nice that'd be a nice little celebration surprise. She um as of right now, and actually, well, it's just American women was the stat, I think. Because she with her reaching the quarters. She's reached the, at least the quarters of every major. And there's only four other American women in the last 25 years to do that. So she's in pretty um, rare company when it comes to her like all core prowess. That, that Serenko that she played today, I'm pretty certain that lady's shoulders were as big as my forearm, like were as big <laughs> as like my legs. Her, yeah, she her was, shoulders were huge. She, she was a, like a fitness freak. Oh shit. She's she, definitely um, done CrossFit before. Well, when she like took the injury timeout when she was down like match point or something, I was <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's just I will say too, like her, I mean, props to her for getting like the fourth round, but like her serve is just such a liability. I yeah. mean, she was just rolling them in like 80 miles an hour on like a first serve. And I'm like, you know, I just yeah. I'm her coach and was like, we, we got to make this more of a weapon. It just, <laughs> so, but yeah, she was, she was a beast for sure. All right. Well, I think we've covered quite a bit today, fellas. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll post up more. I think next week we were going to uh, hopefully have the whole crew and the whole gang in, in today, maybe a couple more. Uh, we're going to do a little breakfast at Wimbledon, uh, probably about nine, nine fifteen. Uh, finals usually about 10 so 
do a nice little little morning celebration. Uh, everybody has their coffee, you know, no cream and strawberries. You know, we're not doing that that celebration unless everybody wants to. But <laughs> please, if you're if you're at home, you're tuning in, you know, definitely have your coffee. You know, put a little Irish cream in there. You know, do a little cream, cream and sugar for you know cream and uh, and strawberries for the day for the finals. And uh, you know, hopefully, you guys can keep tuning in and watching. We'll keep putting out the content. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, again, hopefully we'll have more people, and uh, we'll see you again. Take care, everybody.